Hello, welcome to the You Can Try podcast. I'm Penny Wilkin from You Can Coaching. And on this podcast, I'm going to talk to people who share my passion for swimming, cycling, running and triathlon, as well as anything in between. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Today, I'm going to be talking to Ian O'Donnell, who is a cyclist, runner, triathlete, business owner, dad, and all round active person. And we're going to talk a little bit about cycling and commuting and using a bike. So, hello, Ian. Hello, Penny. Let's talk. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your running and cycling and triathlon background? Yeah. How you got into it and what sort of things you do? Yeah. So, um, I've always been into cycling when I was a teenager. So, um, in fact, probably before I was a teenager, you know, normal kid with a bike, loved it. Um, independence so through my teens got into cycling joined a cycling club used to do a bit of time trialing um, and all of that stuff and then I went off to university and cycling sort of petered out into my 20s in fact being active at all sort of petered out into my 20s Um, and so I, I didn't really do a lot I used my bike a little bit every now and then I was probably more active than the average person still did quite a bit of walking but not a great deal but you know you're you're young and you can sort of get away with it uh, and then I got into my early 30s and discovered that I could no longer get away with it and things were starting to get hard work um I you know things I, I would run up the road from where my parents live up the road there just to go and do something and and found that I was getting out of breath and uh, that wasn't right so I set myself the challenge by giving my dad a Christmas present of let's cycle around the north coast of Scotland um together and so for that I obviously had to get fit my dad already was reasonably fit um well he's quite fit um so i needed to get fit to go cycling with him so i started cycling again um and that was 12 years ago um and we i i started cycling by the june was just about fit enough and did the cycle ride with him 40 50 miles a day um just about 300 miles and um yeah, kept it up after that, basically uh, rejoined Solid Hole Cycling Club um, unofficially. I don't think I ever joined officially and joined up with them on their Saturday morning ride uh, and got back into the cycling a bit. And then we had Ewan, our first um, child. And all of a sudden, I didn't have time to go out cycling again as much. And so I started running and discovered Park Run off the back of that. Um, so I started turning up on a Saturday morning to do 5k and wanted to get quicker at that so ran a couple of times during the week and gradually built up my running so I did my first half marathon um seven or eight years ago joined a running club Massey Ferguson running club locally and got heavily stuck into running and then really in the last sort of four or five years um with the children being a little bit older started to get back more into my cycling again and cycling for me is far less about competition these days it's more just about enjoying being on a bike and using it as a form of transport but of course if I'm going to cycle and I can run reasonably well then there was there was only one thing that I of course had to do and that was getting to triathlon as well so I did my first triathlon 
four years ago. Um, so yeah, so I started doing the triathlon as well. And as you know, Penny, I can swim, I can, uh, sorry, I can run, I can cycle. My swimming is, um, shall we say, somewhat lacklustre. But that's pretty much me up to date in terms of my sort of cycling and running from a sporting perspective. But swimming, good enough to get you through a half Ironman distance so far. It has, it? yes. You know, I, I work on the principle that I can, I can survive the swim, um, try not to use too much energy on it, and then try to spend the cycle ride overtaking people. That's, that's my main plan. It's about opposite of what Ironman goes past me. <laughs> um, but anyway, and so before we go on, to talking about cycling tell me what you've been doing um this year you know how has because you you're somebody that often does lots of events and things so how has all of the sort of lockdown over the summer and everything affected your training and your sport and your motivation and what sort of things have you been doing yeah so it, it's been weird i mean it hasn't really reduced the amount i've done i've done uh, I've just looked at my figures for the year. I've done 200 miles less running this year than the last couple of years, but you know that's not massively significant. Um, I've actually done more cycling this year than I've done for quite a few years. Um, but one thing it has affected is I haven't had that focus of an event coming up, so I've not done the structured training so it's been mostly about just going out and enjoying running enjoying cycling um largely on my own uh and so i've missed i've really missed the sort of club training i've missed running with a group of people um on a wednesday night uh, i really miss that and, and also the fact that when you do that you push yourself a bit harder so my certainly my the pace that i'm running at is is slower at, at the moment than it than it would be normally um and i'm struggling to to push myself that bit harder when a guy can do a training session because if you've got no races coming up it's sort of what's the point um so you just go out there and you run but i've also discovered you know more trails locally and, and things like that so I've, I've found some more you know different ways of enjoying running because i can't run with people uh so that's been a biggie and um, on the cycling i've done um use my bike more this year for for getting around and even going and doing the shopping and, and things like that with the trailer attached than i've ever done before so it's um really allowed me to make full use of my bike as a mode of transport so that's quite a good little segue into using the bike for transport and commuting and things so yeah i mean what made you start making an effort to do more of that and actually i, I do say, have a car do, do yes. you have a car uh, and a lot of people say do you've you have, got quite a nice okay. car so why do you not use it more but a, a car is great for long journeys that's what cars are, are good for if you're going to drive 100 miles um i have been known to do that as a commute on a bike but largely speaking it's much easier to use a car for that um but cycling for me as a form of transport was always something i did a bit um i guess growing up in a village and there being no decent public transport in the village i lived in i as soon as i could ride a bike and was allowed to go off on my own on it i used it as a form of transport because it was a way of having independence um so you know my friends lived 10 15 miles away from me in some cases and so i would use a bike to go and see them uh and 
and, and that sort of thing. I used to cycle to school sometimes as a way of exercise, but also to avoid having to use the school bus. Uh, yeah, I, I used to do. I yeah, used to cycle to school. I used to hate going on so the bus. So I had a friend who lived in the same village as me. She and I used to train together cycling generally, and we used to cycle once or twice a week into school. Um, and I had a, a very understanding teacher because I used to ride my race bike. I didn't really want to leave my race bike in the bike sheds. So he used to let me store it at the back of his classroom. Um, he was a cyclist himself. So he sort of understood that I didn't want to store my rather expensive race bike in with all the other bikes in the bike shed. Um, so, yeah, that, so okay. that was back then. Um, and then what really kick-started commuting in a with bike in a major way was um i had a, a little incident with my car ooh, four or five years ago now where um a, a, let's say a bottle of washing liquid and the battery and wiring systems in cars don't mix very well um and it ended up <laughs> with the entire wiring loom in my car having to be replaced and it being off the road for i think it was six or eight weeks in the end and we've only got one car as a family and so that meant you know we were limited in terms of transport so i started using my bike and the train for everything uh and discovering the whole you know use a bike to get to the train put your train on the bike get off again at the other end um all of those sort of bits and pieces and and really since then haven't stopped using that as a means of transport so i will you know i i commute locally into town, cycling is far and away the easiest way of getting into the centre of Coventry. Um, it's, I, I, I teach at the university once a week in the normal days. I'm there, it meant I've been there at nine o'clock in the morning to lecture. And I'm much quicker on a bike getting into the city centre than I am trying to drive in. And I don't have to pay parking charges when I get there. So it's brilliant. Uh, so I do that all year round. Um, but also when I travel down to London, travel up to Blackpool, which I do regularly with the work I'm involved with the Federation of Small Businesses, I I cycle to the train station. If I'm going down to London, just leave the bike in the, the lock-up facility they've got there at the train station. You just get fob and you can lock it up. And they've got CCTV and everything and jump on the train down to London and use a Boris bike when I'm down there. Um, or if I'm going up to Blackpool, I will put my book my bike on the train I get off at Preston and it sends 17 miles from Preston to Blackpool rather than getting a taxi or um, catching another train. It's actually quicker to cycle there than it is to try and catch an adjoining train. So, yeah, um, really got into cycling for, for more and more. And then I discovered that I bought a bike trailer for being able to take the ch children around with me when they were very small. And I've repurposed that into a day-to-day -day trailer. So I've, I've discovered I can go and do a supermarket shop um and costco shop and all of those sort of bits and pieces using the trailer i've even delivered um a child's play kitchen to somebody in coventry using my bike trailer the other week so yeah so you can you can That's do anything pictures of that. Bike. and so tell me about the trailer um how does that attach to your bike and i mean do you have a is it a special sort of commuting bike that you it's have? It's definitely or not the same bike, bike I do a, tra do a triathlon on, mostly because I wouldn't want to leave a bike that was good enough to okay. do a triathlon on locked up in Coventry City Centre because I have a sneaking suspicion that it probably wouldn't be there when I got back. Uh, <laughs> so I have a hack bike, <laughs> yes, exactly. um, as I call it, for day-to-day -day commuting, okay. knocking around. It's an old, 
I think it's an old touring bike. Um, I bought it um, when I first started to get back into cycling as my um, touring slash day-to-day bike then. Um, it's been upgraded a bit since then. It's got a hub dynamo. I highly recommend a hub dynamo so I don't have to worry about are my batteries charged on my lights or anything like that. The bike is ready to go. It's got lights on at all times. And yeah, then it's got that's a good tip, actually. That is a good tip because that oh. is one of the things about commuting, isn't it? Always, I'm yeah, searching around for light and you find one you know, that's not charged. And, and you, the day changes, and you end up finding that by the time you're coming back, it's now dark. But you didn't think about that when you left the house in the morning. So now you've got low nights with you, all of those sort of things. So yeah, it's it's much Dynamo lights, brilliant. Um, you, and the modern hub dynamos, you really don't notice you've got them on. They're nowhere near the drag of the old Dynamo. So, yeah. Yeah, I used to have one. I used to have them when I was a teenager, when I cycled to school. And they did, I mean, it wasn't... Yeah, they hub, used to run on the rim of the wheel. Was it on they, the wheel yeah, you really, I, don't know, I mean, but, going up a hill, you would notice, yeah. really notice it. But generally, they, they used to knock a couple of miles an hour <laughs> off your average speed when you were out cycling. Whereas, whereas this, I don't notice at all. And, of course, the lights are obviously much better because they're led lights these days so they're they're, they're brilliant um yeah and then on that you've okay. got an attachment on your axle okay. a little bit of metal basically which has a um, another hole in it um little bracket and that's what your trailer hooks up to so um i've not got um a okay. proper luggage it's the trailer that i you you buy for transporting two children around um and so yeah, for me, it cost me second hand fifty quid. Um, it's paid for itself many times over, um, and yeah, it just attach it. It's sort of got like a little spring, so it it can move independently, um, bounce up and down, swing side side slightly if you go over potholes, all of that sort of thing. Um, and yeah, I can get. I mean, I've done a Costco shop in it. You can get a lot of stuff in in that sort of trailer. Cool. And so while we're talking about kit, what sort of other stuff kit do you have or use or um, recommend so, for some good commuting? waterproofs? That that's a, a really useful thing. Um, yeah. Uh, so it. So you have. Yeah, you have waterproof trousers and a waterproof I mean, jacket. My do waterproof you? trousers came from um, Aldi's special buys when they do cycling kit. Um, so they were 10 quid for a pair of waterproof trousers because um, I'm only wearing them for short distances normally. Uh, and then um, the waterproof yeah. top, actually the, the, the jacket I wear from knocking about in is also an Aldi cycling waterproof, I think, which cost me 15 quid. Uh, because, again, I want to be able to just leave it in my pannier. Yeah. I don't want to have to worry about it if it gets nicked. So I don't want anything, you know, I don't want my £100 uh-huh. high quality breathable cycling jacket you know nicked so yeah, yeah so you know cheap stuff from aldi is fine in in term if i'm doing cycling distances for commuting of under 10 miles i'll i'll wear my normal clothes um a key thing for that so um can't speak for, for, for what ladies buy but for for me um chinos are really good sort of the, the slightly t- the tapered fit chinos because you don't they don't um mash up with your train or anything like that so get one which have got elastic type fabric. Yeah. So fairly skin, 
not skin skin tight but you know means they don't flap around or anything they've been and they, they move nicely they've been brilliant for cycling so again rather than buying you can buy proper cycling trousers that look like normal trousers um but they're sort of 60 to 100 quid i buy um i think it's normally zara's um chinos which cost me 15 to 20 quid um and do the job perfectly so yeah that, stuff like that um and yeah t-shirt fabric for shirts key tip is don't buy stuff that shows sweat marks so don't buy light gray shirts because you will <laughs> look yeah. ridiculous when you get off the bike the other yeah. end. so you need to buy stuff that doesn't really show up if you've got a bit um pers bit of perspiration on the way so i tend to buy quite a lot of black t-shirts and things like that for it because they don't show it up at all uh, so yes yeah, so those key things um Good top and tip. Extra lights. I, I buy um, the, the decathlon do some brilliant little LED clip on lights. Um, they a, a pair cost £14, yeah. pounds, um, USB rechargeable, and I have a whole load of those um, lying around that I can just clip onto different bikes to give me a bit of extra flashy lights type thing to show up extra visibility. Um, and um, I just tend to wear trainers on the bike cycling into town so i don't tend to wear cycling shoes because you you're always stopping and starting so you just need to be able to push off quickly um and i've got some overshoes that fit over the top of my trainers so they stay dry in the rain as well and yeah. so if you were say going up to blackpool or something and you had a 10 or 15 mile ride at the other end no so would I you still wear trainers for that um, or would you so put... the ride there is getting on for 20 miles from Preston to, to Blackpool. So I, I, I take proper cycling clothes with me. Um, so when I get to the station okay. at Preston, I will change into my cycling shorts. Um, I'll have already worn the top layer that's suitable, but I just don't like sitting in the train on my cycling shorts. Uh, and, then, and then cycle the rest of the way. Um, yeah, I'm going, no, normally, um, I get there to for a meeting the following day. So I'm going to a hotel the night before. Um, so it's it's fine to i don't have to worry okay. about arriving presentable as it were uh, so yeah so those are key things yeah. to, to think about um if you're cycling on cycle paths as part of that good make sure you've got a bell on your bike um i know it's not cool to have a bell on your racing bike but on your hat bike it's a good idea uh and um yeah obviously have a pannier rack and panniers with you at all times because you never know when you're going to pick something up that you just need to carry back with you and it's a lot easier having panniers than having a rucksack on your back i actually again actually aldi came to the rescue there recently i've now got one of these little panniers that um converts into rucksacks so i can slip it off the the rack very okay. quickly oh, that's and nice. put it on my back as a rucksack to carry stuff into town it carries my laptop and all the sort of bits and pieces you need and i can stuff a bit of shopping in there if i end up buying something when i'm out and about yeah wear a helmet and what and do got I have LED stuck light stuck to the back of the helmet as well um but yeah i always always wear a helmet largely not because of crashes with cars because to be honest if you're going to have a major crash with a car there isn't a lot you can do to protect yourself from that but there's enough bad potholes all the way in and out of most places that if you hit one of those and tip you off your bike and you whack your head on the side of the road um it's not going to do you much good so i'd rather wear a helmet for that sort of injury as well 
Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I always wear a helmet. I've seen too many people with broken helmets. It, yeah, exactly. And if it I wasn't mean, for the helmet, I, it would have been I'm their I'm never going to push, say, yeah, we should, helmets should be compulsory. And, you know, you only look at countries like Holland where, you know, cycling is part of life. They've got better cycling infrastructure and nobody wears helmets. You know, it's, it's unusual to see somebody with a helmet on. And so I'd far rather we, we lived in an environment where helmets weren't required, um, weren't needed because we had good infrastructure, safe paths to ride on, all the rest of it. The reality at the moment is we don't. Um, and so for me, I'd rather wear a helmet. Um, but, you know, I, I, I know people who don't ride with one. And there, there is an argument to say that, of course, if, you, if you're not riding with one, you're a bit more careful because, you know, you there's more risk of injury if you do fall off so you're a bit more careful in the first place so you know it's one of those things um i i'd far rather somebody took up cycling not and didn't wear a helmet than to not take up cycling because they had to wear a helmet because actually the health of cycling uh are far yeah. greater than the risk factor of not wearing a helmet yeah no no absolutely i agree um, and what about, oh, I was just thinking about, um, you know, turning up to a meeting looking a bit dishevelled. That that was always a little bit of a barrier for me. I mean, I guess working environments and things might have changed a bit. I don't know. And your situation might be different. But when I worked in an office, um, I was always just very aware of trying to arrive to a meeting looking Yeah, presentable. I mean, I... I Is I that ever an issue for you? Fairly significant meetings at times with my work at the Federation of Small Businesses. So I'm, I'm meeting up with MPs, um, local authority leaders, that sort of thing. Um, but the local authority leaders in Coventry's case um, are cyclists and runners. So um, they, they, they're probably willing to cut me a bit of slack. But no, actually, if, you, if you're careful about the clothes that you wear, you, you, you can, I say, I can have a smart black top and of Pelotinos, you look perfectly presentable and actually will often sling a jacket over the top that I've kept in my pannier during the ride. Um, and you look absolutely fine. I mean, the good thing these days is, you know, no longer is a shirt and tie expected everywhere you go. So, yeah, fine. The other key thing is to ride more gently. So don't, I don't, when I'm commuting towards to a meeting yeah. where I've got to look presentable when I get there, I will ride well within my capabilities so I'm not getting all hot and sweaty by the time I get there. You know, you, you, you ride gently. Uh, and that, that therefore means that it, it's far less of an issue. The other big advantage I have is I live in Tile Hill. The name is a bit of a giveaway, um, which means cycling into Coventry City Centre is pretty much all downhill. So I don't have to work very hard to get into the centre of Coventry, uh, which is a definite bonus as well. Just have to do it on the way home, but then it doesn't matter. And then you just got to do it on the way home. <laughs> yeah, except I was I was always I used to do that. I used to cycle into town in the morning to go to work. You know, I'd arrive in like six minutes flat. You know, a few minutes fashionably late to get into the office, but then yeah. at the end of the day, God, it was such a drag having to ride home. Yes. But yeah, at least <laughs> the matter you can have a shower when you get in. Um. So, go on, tell me what. What are the benefits of um, commuting and, you know, using your bike more for I think, transport? Well, for me, what has it done for you? Just, it saves time. So for, for a lot of those commutes, I'm actually quicker on a bike 
than I am uh, driving or using public transport. It saves money. So that means you can go and buy more bits for your bikes because obviously money saved when cycling can only be spent on cycling stuff. So it gives me an excuse to spend more money on my bikes. Uh, and as you yeah. know, Penny, you can never have too many bike bits or too many bikes. Um, and then crucially, it's a way of fitting cycling in that sort of base level training, you know, level two ish type training uh, into your week without it taking any time at all. So I can normally in most weeks get 40 or 50 miles cycling in without it having taken up any time during the week. And you know when so planning coaching schedules and so on getting that amount of cycling in for free in effect during a week is is a real win when i you know i am busy i have a lot going on in most weeks so being able to get you know that amount of cycling in every week just maintains my basic cycling fitness um without having to try and plan cycling training into my week and then I just pick it up when I'm coming towards an event by doing a bit more structured training. But it means every week I'm, I'm getting some cycling in. My legs are keeping that sort of cycling memory, cycling fitness in them combined with my running means that I'm basically fit to say, if somebody says to me, oh, tomorrow, do you fancy going and doing a 100 mile cycle ride? I'll go, yeah, let's do it. Because I know that my legs are, are still used to cycling and my bottoms kept that um, used to being sat on the saddle every week um sort of stuff so yeah it saves time it saves money and it allows you to fit training into your week without taking up any extra time those are the key benefits i also get a sense that um uh, you know oh, it, it's sort of yeah. being outdoors for you so as well you the, know you the, like that i mean the, that that's yeah. sort of straightforward benefits in terms of mental health benefits i love I, i've never been a fan of turbo trailers, of running machines, anything like that. I would do anything and ride in anything rather than um, sit on a turbo. Um, uh, so I was out cycling on Tuesday when the snow was coming across because I needed to nip into town and do some bits there. That was fine. Loved it. Uh, and quite happy to do so. But uh, so I, yeah, definitely see a mental health benefit in cycling. And also because, you know, say riding back from the office or riding back after you've been at a meeting, gives you a chance to just decompress a bit from whatever it is you've been involved in and, and sort of sets you up better for whatever you've got going on next. Um, and cycling to the office in the morning, you feel far more alert and with it when you get there than you do if you've driven there. So, yeah, all, all of those sort of bits is definitely a mental health benefit. And then there's a benefit not for me, but, you know, having two young children, I, I got a lot more aware of the you know, what's this planet looking like for the for my children? And so the environmental issues. Um, I, I've always been into that. I was um, a, a member of the British Association of Young Scientists when I was a child. I'm a, I am a geek. I will admit to that. Uh, and I was um, it used to have Greenpeace stuff and all of that sort of thing. So always a bit of environmental consciousness. And that really came to the fore again when i had children because i really start thinking about what sort of planet are we leaving them and so doing those short journeys into town as i mentioned earlier yeah i've still got a car but cars are not good for that short journey that's when they're at their least efficient it's when they emit the most um harmful stuff that we breathe in 
stopping and starting and junctions, all of that sort of thing. A bike is absolutely brilliant for those sort of short journeys. So, you know, cycling is really good for the environment. You know, we need to lower the emissions levels in Coventry. And so if we all switch to doing bike journeys for those, you know, let's not push as far as 10, but under five mile journeys, which is for most people, the journey into the city centre, then, you know, how much good that would do for our city. Uh, and so I'm certainly that's part of my thinking is, you know, let, and I very much with my children as well, try to encourage that. So if we're going into Coventry city centre, we will all cycle in to Coventry city centre. Desperate for there to be more decent cycle paths to do that with. But we managed to just about find our way through in a reasonably safe manner. Um, and I do have an extra gadget that I attach to the back of my bike um, to attach my youngest child to the back of my bike on her bike. So when we're riding on roads, she's safely attached to me. I don't have to worry too much about her. Yeah. And um, um, do they cycle to school ever or walk? Or what do they um, do? About half a mile. So we, we, we did cycle to school on the okay. cycle uh -huh. to school week just to um, demonstrate the fact that we could do it. Uh, but no, it, it's far easier to, to walk. But my my son will be starting secondary school in, in a, a, just over a year's time. Um, scary. And he's already said, I will be cycling to school. You no, know, he it hasn't, has yet to be decided. Oh, which, but, which school um, will he go to? All of them are at least a mile away. So, okay. um, so I again, I'll be buying him a hack bike for doing right. that one as well. I'll, I'll find a, a knockabout secondhand mountain bike for him to do that on. Yeah. I won't, don't want him riding his best bike into school um so yeah uh yeah no. and and we we they're no. used to cycling into Coventry city center um my son's quite happily cycling on the roads in and out of Coventry city center with me and have, has done that quite a bit so yeah it, it, part of that this whole thing for me as well is about make exposing my children to seeing cycling and exercising as a normal way of life um rather than something that that you only do on special occasions or you know in a gym or anything like that it's just part of life and i hope hope that takes off yeah no yeah no i for sure isn't it, it it's like when you, people are driving their kids to school um or or you know, it is, it is so important, isn't it, yeah. just to keep active and if you can fit it into your day-to-day -day life. Um, I, mean, I mean, for sure, I, I, when I, I tell you, when I worked in an office, I used to commute my bike a lot more and it was a lot easier because you was just going to the same place every day, um, you know, and I knew my routine and you knew where you were going and where you were putting your bike and, you know, you didn't really have to think about it. Um, <laughs> but my life doesn't really have a routine now. So it is a little bit harder to kind of think, you yes. know, oh, I'm going so-and-so, you know, or I'll try and get my bike out. Um, and so it is easier just to jump in the car. But uh, I have, yeah, a few of you, you know, like I've noticed you commuting more and it's made me think. Then there's a few other people. And my dad has made yeah. a decision not to have a car, so he's out riding his bike the whole time. Um, so it does make me think more. You know, yeah. about short journeys and, and trying to be... I think a key tip a there is your hack bike. The bike that you use for that sort of stuff has to be really readily available at any time. So I think one of the things that puts people off is, oh, I've got to get my bike out. I've got to get it 
kitted up before I can go out. And so another tip would be make sure that your your hack bike for that. And I, I recommend everybody having uh, a bike that is set up for the commute type stuff. Um, it, you can get a secondhand bike for not very much money that will do the job absolutely fine. And and just have that where it's dead easy to sort of literally all you've got to do is walk out the door, grab it, and off you go. Um, because otherwise, as soon as it becomes, oh, it's going to take me 10 or 15 minutes to get myself ready to go on my bike, you've lost all the advantage of cycling because by then it's quicker to go in the car. So really make it really easy. So have a, you know, <laughs> set of panniers on there at all times the, the the dynamo light so i haven't got to worry about lights my helmet is hung on the crossbar of that bike the, the my my leggings my waterproof are tucked into that pannier for it so i don't have to go and scratch around and find them so all of that kit is there ready to go i don't have to think i can be on that bike and then cycling out the close in under five minutes from me having the idea to do so and then you have to have a mindset thinking which is my is there a reason why i'm not cycling has to become your mindset so in other words there has to be a really good reason for me to use my car rather than to use my bike the bike becomes my default option and that's just it's the mindset thing yeah, no, I like that. That's that's really useful. And, and what you say about being ready makes me think, you know, I have got a lot of my stuff ready because when I made a decision recently to ride my bike a bit more, you, you know, I sorted loads of stuff out and got it all sorted out. But now that I think about it, my helmet's hanging up there and my lock's hanging over there yeah. and my my uh, pannier's in a different cupboard. And so even though I know yeah, where it all me, is, I'm probably having it all on the bike. Bit, so literally the bike is ready to go. If if all I've got to do is clip on my helmet and go. Um, and if, if, if I get out the passageway and discover that it's raining, I can then throw on my waterproof. I haven't got to go and find that waterproof. It's already there in the pannier. So, yeah, it, it's literally about having everything on the bike in the same way as we do with our cars. Because if you think about your car, to start making a journey, you don't have to go and think about what have I got everything for, for my car to be able to make a journey with your car is ready to go and you have to have your, your commuter bike set up in exactly the same way. Yeah, no, no, I like that. That's a good tip. That's helpful, actually. I'm going to make some changes there. Um, and so then other barriers to getting started sort of commuting. I mean, one of the things I think people would say is about the traffic and they don't yeah. like riding in the traffic. So, I mean, I mean you've got any tips I, I'm lucky there for dealing with that. stop cycling since i was you know when you were a kid you have no fear uh and so i also i grew up in a rural environment where on the whole you there wasn't as heavy a traffic for most of my riding um but meant i got used to being around cars all the time i've never stopped so i've always therefore maintained that the reality is there are a lot more mental barriers than they are actually dangerous so cycling especially in the city, if anything, is safer than cycling in the countryside. Yes, there's a lot more traffic, but actually it's mostly fairly slow moving. So you, you're, if you, even if you have an incident, it's actually not likely to be life as life-threatening. Um, so I, I cycle into the city centre. Yep, I get cars that will cut me a bit close. That's the reality. But 
they it, it's not that dangerous it, it really isn't um the, the other thing is do if you're going to start commuting don't do your first ride as a commute when you're under time pressure so if you if you know if you've got that regular ride you know say you're an office worker in the center of coventry or on one of your business parks on the outskirts go and do some recce's and work out which roads are busy or quiet because if you've tended to always drive it you will tend to initially go oh well i'll use this road that i drive along but actually if you do a bit of checking you'll find roads that are far quieter um, alternatives to to cycle there on so for example you know the the cycle from my house into coventry city center um, while i'm quite happy riding on the, the relatively busy roads when i'm doing it on my own I've become very conscious of when I've got my children with me, I want to make it as quiet and as safe as possible. And actually, I've discovered a couple of small back roads and some cycle paths, which mean I can almost cycle the entire thing without conflicting with traffic. And the biggie being, I don't cycle down Broad Lane now. Um, was cycling down Broad Lane, it, it's horrible. Um, it's yeah, just wide enough that cars think they can pass yeah. you if there's a car coming the other way. And it's got a whole load of horrible potholes along. So, you know, top tip, avoid Broad Lane. But if you cut through the Tar Hill Trees estate, um, brings you out onto the A45 where there's a pedestrian crossing. You take your bike across there. The then cycle path down to Hursle Common, Hurs cycle path along Hursle Common. Another little cycle path that cuts you out and brings you down in the flats by Spawn End. And then you cycle through on the, the underpass cycle path that takes you through into Old Spawn Street in the city centre. And so you've almost not had to conflict with traffic at all. It's slightly slower. You mean you have to stop at a couple of pedestrian crossings to cross over with your bike. But if, if that makes you feel a bit more comfortable doing so, then it's still a, a perfectly good way of getting into the city centre. And in the morning will still be quicker than it will be driving it. Yeah, I guess you have to change your mentality a little bit, don't you? You know, so um, a lot of the people I work with would be, you know, triathletes and cyclists. And, you know, you go, oh, I always ride on the road and I like to ride fast. And, you know, I have a little bit of that mentality, too. And and some of the cycle lanes and cycle infrastructure yeah. and stuff is really annoying because it just slows you down. Like riding on the cycle path on the Kenworth Road, it just slows you down. I could ride faster. And, you know, the Kenilworth Road isn't that bad on the road. So if the traffic's not very heavy, then I'd rather ride on the road. But when you can well, it's good thing, actually. you know, you need to be more flexible, don't yeah. you? Because some of the junctions are just so dangerous that you're better using the crossing or taking going up and down a curb or using a little stretch along the Hurstle Common, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, and, and you it's know, good, taking it you know, to a good idea to ride a bit slower when you're commuting um, because you haven't got the shower at the other end. And so the fact that you're a mile an hour slower actually is probably a good thing because it probably means you're not going to work up such a sweat. Um, for me, the, the, the drive was having cycling with the two children. Um, I wanted to make sure that it was a safe way for them to get to places. And so, yeah, it changed my mindset. I, I still, when I'm on my own, will quite often ride on the roads. So I'm quite comfortable mixing with traffic. And I think, again, if you're fit and have been cycling for a while, I can mix it with the traffic because I can accelerate quicker than cars can. Um, and I will I will sit in the middle of the lane. So another key tip, if you're coming up to junctions and things like that, own the road. I will sit in the middle 
of the road. I won't sit on one edge where somebody can turn onto me or things like that. I will I will take I will take the lane. If I'm coming up to a roundabout with three lanes going in different directions, I need the middle one. I will ride in the middle of that lane as I'm approaching that roundabout. Um, and just do it confidently and ignore the blaring of horns because you know that's their problem, not mine, fundamentally. Um, but with riding with the children, yeah, I became a lot more conscious of where cycling infrastructure was that I could use to give them a, a safer experience um, cycling into Coventry. Um, and it's also made me therefore become a bit more of an advocate for improved cycling infrastructure. Really good to see some of the new cycle paths that are coming into Coventry, which are much better designed as well. So cyclists have priority when roads join from the side, things like that. Um, so quite excited about testing those out when they get. And discovered great, um, the, the canal towpath has all been almost completed in terms of resurfacing all of that. So, you know, great ride out from there to the Ryko Arena is all going to be tarmacked along the towpath there. So that's going to be, is a really good cycle well, centre as well. So, yeah, um, I tell you the big bugbear of mine is cycle routes where they think they need to make sure that mopeds or whatever don't go on it. And they put those horrible metal monstrosities of funny U-shaped gates and all the rest of it at either end. Or just about okay if you're on a racing bike and you can tip it up <laughs> yeah. and wheel it round. Um, if you've got panniers, if you've got a bike trailer on, if you've got a tag along, if you've got with panniers on the back, you just can't do it. Uh, I have a, a complete nightmare. I mean, there's a there's a cycle route to get you yeah. from Tommington Avenue through to the Excel, cuts through underneath the railway there. You, you can't do it with the tag along on. It has three gates along. Yeah, it. yeah. Require me. I mean, it's less than half a mile, three <laughs> gates along it, one at either end of a bridge. Now, why they need to both ends of the bridge? Because surely if it stops them at one end, they're not going to go onto it in the first place. Um, so you can tell I'm getting a bit irate about this. But uh, it, it means that having to disconnect the tag along in order to get it through <laughs> all of those gates or disconnect the trailer. Just bonkers. Um, one of these days, you'll hear an angle grinder at midnight there would uh, be, be me taking down those ridiculous um, <laughs> barriers. Yeah, I mean, not all cycle infrastructure is good, is it? You know, they yeah. put um, on the Oldsley Old Road by my house, by the co-op, it's great. They put, put change the junction, they put traffic lights in and, and pedestrian crossing, which is great. And at the same time, they put advanced stop lines in for cyclists at the red light uh but uh, they're not really that safe going in both directions and maybe going out of town it might be safe to use it really but the chip that if there's cars stopped no. at the red light you can't there's not enough space for you to filter through the yeah. cars anyway to get to the advanced stop box so what is the point but on the way into town it just wouldn't be safe if you could get into the box as soon as you get the red light, there's cars parked, there's not enough space to yeah, overtake. I mean, yeah, Oldsmill yeah, Road is a prime uh, example you know, of where it could do with for a straight, straight really, but cycle, they're a proper like cycle path taking you from the edge of Coventry in along that Oldsmill Old Road. Um, but I can't see that happening anytime soon. But it, it is a road that absolutely needs it. Um, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> 
for the old, the old road. Yeah, it's, it's, it's probably all, say, can be almost as dangerous as Board Lane, on, I think. Um, which make it quite narrow. And I can't, I can't yeah. you know, I, I yeah. give the local authority their due. It's, it's very hard to see a way around that problem because most of the houses built along there don't have off-road parking capability. Um, and and be very hard to create that. So no, that's there, right. is, there is a problem along there, which is a challenge fundamentally. Um, no easy solution to. No. Okay. So, any other tips for people um, wanting what, one to of the big start things that most people say is commuting. about rain? You know, oh, the weather in the UK isn't it awful? You know, can't cycle commute because of the weather. Two things. One is a it rains a lot less than you think it does. B, a lot of the rain is nowhere near, near as heavy as you think it is. And C, a pair of waterproof trousers and a waterproof top will solve most of those problems. So, um, and at the end of the day, it is only water. So don't worry too much about the rain. The thing that actually, the, the one thing that I don't like cycling in is when it's blowing a hoolie and it's raining and the rain is whipping into your face. That's probably the one time when I think, I, I question my life choices but at almost all other weather you're absolutely fine cycling so don't worry about the british weather it's just part of what adds variety and excitement to your your journey um and the, the main tip is just get and do it you know even if it's just one day a week using your bike as the form of transport rather than car that's made an, an improvement for your health and well-being and it's made an improvement for the environmental impact that you're having as well so um just give it a try no, i think that's a great note to end on Fantastic. cool well no, i think that's a great note to end on and and i like that adding <laughs> the weather is just adding a level of excitement exactly. to your yeah. journey it's you don't get that excitement in the car or on the train do you yeah what a great note to end on so thank you very much Ian. and thanks for giving tech. up your time on this early thursday morning that's it folks Thanks very much for joining us. We hope you found some of that useful and we'll look forward to you joining us on next week's episode. <laughs>